This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, November 17th, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If you have not given this podcast a five-star review, could you please go do so on iTunes so the powers that be let Dwayne and I focus on Ohio State football. That's what we're here for. Ladies and gentlemen, Dwayne Long is here, and Dwayne, it's quite chilly. What the hell happened? (laughs) Uh, But you know, it's Ohio, Dan. You've been here long enough to know that it's going to get stupid. And and I was looking at the extended forecast. It's going to be cold again tomorrow, and then it's going to be 60-something for four straight days. Ohio weather. Now let's talk about London. Uh, Ohio weather, same damn thing. It is a bizarre time to be in Ohio. It is a bizarre time to be a football fan in the Big Ten, and this weekend's matchup with Indiana does nothing but highlight that. Indiana is on top of the Big Ten East at 4-0. Not the basketball team, the football team. Meanwhile, Michigan and Penn State are bottom dwellers, while Michigan's basketball team is recruiting like wildfire. So who knows what's up, what's down. Regardless, Ohio State got an extra week off thanks to the Turtles not being able to keep it tight. And now the marquee game of the year, and as I said, true 2020 fashion, is going to be a home game against Indiana at noon. Dwayne, what the hell is going on? Uh, no, uh, it is so everything. The world is upside down, and and what's going on with with uh, sports in general uh, is is proof of that. Look, look, this is crazy. That if you would have if if I would have told you that I'll give you everything in my bank account, everything in your bank account, that Michigan and Penn State would be at the bottom of the Big Ten East, you would have laughed and 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 said, "Yeah, I'll take that bet." There's one win between them, Dan. One win between Michigan and Penn State. And Indiana is at the top of the East, and Northwestern is undefeated. What the hell is going on? It is the craziest, craziest season that there is. I mean, it's in some ways, if not for the aggravating, it's more aggravating than anything, but it's also pretty interesting to watch this thing unfold. But Indiana is, is, and they're impressive. I don't know if anybody's watched them. I've watched them twice. This is an impressive football team, and and uh, the the and Penn State and Michigan just are not. You if if you know they're just bad, and they're not getting any better. And they it actually are getting worse. So you know this is <laughs> bizarre. That's the only thing you can say. It's bizarre, uh, bizarre world upside down. It is fascinating. You know, Ohio State has maintained its excellence. Penn State and Michigan are their two chief rivals in a lot of ways. And to see them as really two of the nation's biggest 
hottest dumpster fires has almost been redundant. I will admit to going over to those message boards and reading at times, and now it's more sad than entertaining. Let's talk about Indiana a little bit. They have beaten Penn State and Michigan. The Penn State game I watched, Penn State was the better team. We all remember what happened at the end with the controversial touchdown. Indiana whacked Michigan. When you look at the talent of Indiana, do you feel this is flukish? Or do you think this is the second most talented team in the Big Ten right now? No, I think they're the most well-coached outside of Ohio State that I've seen this year. Uh, they're physically tough. Their defensive backfield is is a bunch of uh, head-hunting ball hawks. They, they're both head-hunters and ball hawks. They, they bring it really good in, 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 uh, in that secondary. Uh, so that's going to bring a challenge to us. I think this is so much bigger a game. This is the biggest game of the season, Dan. Maryland, people got all worked up about Maryland, and, and I'll tell you, I said the same thing. I'll say the same thing now here on, on the podcast that I said on the boards. Maryland, Maryland was two and one, and their two wins were over two teams that were at the time a combined one and five, and the one win was over a team that was zero and three. That you know, the one time that that Maryland played somebody who had a, a good football team or decent football team, let's call them a solid football team, was Northwestern, and Northwestern ran them off the field. 43 to three. It was, it was ugly. Uh, and, and everyone's worried about, uh, to a junior there to a number two redux. Uh, he threw for 94 yards and three interceptions in that Northwestern game. That was not going, we were going to blow them off the field, Indiana. Look, I, I just want a victory over there. And like I said, they're not, they're not that, that extremely talented, but they, they get the best their, – their coach is getting the best out of those, those players. They're playing with passion, and they're playing smart, and they're playing tough. We just want to get out there. If we, if we beat this team by three touchdowns, and I'm going to say, okay, uh, I believe this was a national championship caliber team. Now I think that I'm even more convinced that we are. The spread is 21 points. The real difference when you look at Indiana, to me, and I think everyone can see this, is they have a legitimate quarterback in Michael Penix Jr. He's not the son of some soap opera star running around there and trying to make plays. Your opinion on Michael Penix Jr. as a threat? Uh, I, he's the second-best uh, quarterback in the Big Ten, and there's, I don't really see it as a, as a contest. The guy, again, he's, he's solid. He's not throwing, throwing balls up for grabs. Uh, he's making plays with his arm and he can make uh, plays with his feet very well. Uh, he's playing smart football and, you know, he's delivering for his football team. He is the, he's the, 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 the thrall that stirs a drink and uh, he's playing like it. That's what they need him to do. And that's what he's doing. Um, uh, the running attack is it's solid. Uh, I don't see anybody running on this team. You, you got to move those two tackles and nobody's moving. Uh, well, you could say three that, now that we got um, all three of them back, uh, everybody's healthy. They're just causing so much problems up front. You're just not going to run on this football team. And with those guys playing so well in front of them, uh, Tough Borland's having a nice senior year. So, uh, yeah, I'm not worried about that. It's it's keeping him 
uh, straightened around. And then the receivers, again, solid. They're going to make the, get it where they can reach it. They're, there's a good chance they're going to catch it. So we got to be concerned about that with the way our defensive backfield has been playing. The leading receiver in the Big Ten is not Rashad Bateman. It is not Jahan Dotson. It is not Bo Melton. It is not Garrett Wilson. It is Ty Freifogel, a little-known receiver out of Mississippi that Indiana has turned into a lead dog. He has put up some serious numbers. Did you know who Ty Freifogel was before this season? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I don't know if we'll ever know him again. That's what I'm saying. There's not the kind of talent that you're going to see, you know, uh, littering the NFL draft. They're just guys that are playing as well as they can play. The coaches got them highly motivated, and they're they're just playing really good football right now. Sometimes team gets on the roll, and they, they consistently play as well as they can, and they cause problems for more talented teams. They just aren't dropping off, Dan. They're just keeping it at a level, at, at the highest level possible. It isn't as high as a uh, level as most Ohio State players can go. But it's still, they're playing at their peak right now. They're executing. Uh, I don't remember seeing a lot of uh, yellow laundry on the field when the two games that I've watched of Indiana, uh, you know, they're just playing so well. And we need to execute this Saturday. We can't have some of the stuff we've been having in the past here, especially on defense. We can't, you know, we, and we got to, Running the ball is we have to keep running the ball, keep trying to run the football. I know it frustrates fans. You know, we're throwing it so well. I've gotten frustrated myself. It's like, let's just run up and down the field on these teams, get ahead of them. Well, at some point, uh, we're going to run into somebody that that is that can uh, rush the passer better, somebody that can cover better. We need to be able to run a football. It's that simple. So we, we have to, as frustrating as it can be, we got to keep trying to run the football. Freifogel to me was an interesting kind of example of what Indiana has done. He is from Loosedale, Mississippi. He was the 177th ranked wide receiver coming out of high school and chose Indiana over Idaho. So there is going to be a talent differential this weekend, people. Take a quick break. Be back with more Dwayne. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Dwayne, we are back. Going to be a very interesting matchup this weekend. The aforementioned Ty Freifogel is likely to be covered much of the time by Sean Wade. Are you concerned about Sean Wade, or is this natural growing pains getting adjusted to the outside? I'm a little bit concerned, but not. Uh, you're right. It's you know, it's different. That's why he decided to come back. It's different lining up on an elite X receiver. Uh, and whether this kid's elite or not, he's at least playing like an elite. So yeah, you put him out there and, and, you know, you say, look, dude, this is, this is why you came back for another year of college. You need to take a guy like this. Who's leading the league in, in, uh, receiving 
you need to take him out of the football game. You need to let us double other people. You need to play on an island and get it done. It's that simple. The, you know, and, and that's how I would play it, absolutely. I would demand that our star corner be a star corner. It'll be an interesting matchup. Fry Fogel, 6'2", 205, and we all know Sean Wade is one of your longer guys out there. So a real good matchup for the pro scouts, for sure, to watch as Sean gets going this weekend. All right, Dwayne. When you look at the personnel, where do you see Ohio State's greatest strength when it comes to the Indiana matchup? I, I got to say that, Dan, our tackles are playing like a couple of NFL guys right now. Defensive they tackles. Go, uh, defensive tackles, yeah. Okay. They could – offensive tackles too. Now they've been great. That's why I asked. They've been great too. They've been outstanding. Well, see, I've been uh, tooting Mumford's horn for a couple of years when he's healthy. He has been a really good tackle for us. Uh, after his sophomore year, I thought, you know, this guy could go ahead and uh, and go to the NFL after next year. Well, what, what did he do? He ended up he was held, he was hurt at the end of his sophomore year, and you, it affected his play. Probably should have sat. Uh, and his junior year, he just, he got hurt, and he was really hurt. And and you saw it. The difference in his play from being injured to healthy is night and day. And he's been healthy all year. And you can tell it. And we have been waiting on uh, on uh, NPF to to be the this player. He is right now. He's not making any mistakes. He's playing beautiful football. He's really good. I get that there's been a long time where people have been concerned, given his recruiting ranking, to how he's played. But it is really obvious now when you watch him play why he was ranked where he was. It, he's so physically gifted. Some of the things he's doing out there, I, one of the first couple of games, um, he was supposed to get out to the second level and get on um, uh, a linebacker or defensive back, a safety, when he got out there. And the guy was playing off. He wasn't playing up, I think, was what we expected on that play. And he starts getting after the guy, and the guy's looking like, oh, hell, he's going to catch me. Because he, he's backpedaling, trying to get away from him, and NPF is on him. If the play had gone any further, this, this kid is going to have a 310-pound guy laying in his chest. So he was pretty happy to hear the whistle. Just the way he's backpedaling and wasn't, wasn't getting away from him. He is moving so well. And here's the thing. It was always when I watched him, I was like, dude, you have to play hard and to the whistle. And that's what we're seeing now. And the talent was always there. But it was just getting his mind to, to uh, you know, just this is different. This is not high school where I can just go out here and run over somebody who's in front of me just because I'm, I'm so much better physically. Now we're seeing that, that level of intensity it takes to be a star at this level, and he's looking like a star. On defense, though, those guys in there are causing so much havoc. Where our defensive ends have not yet stepped up to to take up uh, the slack from Chase Young. Now, Dan, you and I know that you don't replace a, right. a, uh, Chase Young. You just don't. Uh, even though we did it three generations in a row from Nick Bosa, or from Joey Bosa to Nick Bosa to, to Chase uh, Young, we managed to pull it off there for a while, but that wasn't going to continue. We needed uh, – Numbers wise, I thought we could we had the talent to be better overall. 
Uh, that hasn't happened yet, but the tackles are causing so much problem. And it's so, so much a bigger problem for defensive tackles to be good pass rushers because ends are coming around. Well, quarterbacks can step out. They can step up. But when that rush is coming in their face, it's so much different. And uh, Togi, I had three sacks in a game. When's the last time you heard any tackle get three three sacks in a game? He's he's doing a great job in there. Uh, so is Garrett, and now Vincent's healthy. And and all three of them are just trying to. You are going to have to block one of them one on one, and it's really just pick your poison. None of them can be blocked one on one. So I would say the defensive tackles uh, are are top of the list. Uh, offensive tackles would be second. And uh, obviously, well, quarterback, he's just when you got more touchdowns and incompletions, that is a freaky stat. You know, you were talking about the defensive ends, and I was just thinking back that we started a season and though Nick got hurt with Chase Young and Nick Bosa as our defensive ends. That's like a Sega lineup in the NFL right now. If you were to tell an NFL executive you could have them, he'd probably pass out. And I think. We are also going to, in retrospect, look back on the Chris Olave-Garrett Wilson combination and receiver with similar love. I just don't see any Big Ten secondary really having a chance to match up. All right, Dwayne, give us a score prediction for the weekend. Ohio State hosts Indiana at noon at the shoe. I'm going to say uh, 42-31. I think they're going to score some points. Uh, Not yet convinced our secondary can hold up to – this guy, he's this. We're talking about this receiver who is leading the league, uh, and 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 the quarterback is going to complete passes. He's going to make things happen out there. I think we'll give give up some points this week. Uh, so that's that's my score right now. Uh, I think we could score more points than that. I don't know if the, it depends. Their defensive backfield has been so solid, but as you said, these guys here are just so special. Uh, can they hold them down? And are we just going to see, here's what I think could happen here. I think day could say, look, let's just, we want to win as big as possible. We want to get out of here though. Let's just, you know, we got the rest of the season to work on getting our running game situated. Uh, let's just go ahead and throw the ball down the damn field and, and just get out, get away from this team. And, uh, so we could score more points. If it's 42-31, it's going to be a very interesting long view and I imagine a very interesting front row. I hope you enjoyed the show. Have a good one, Bucknutters. shining light Sarajevo and they needed to kill that light from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2 U2 they represent a personification of our resistance the Hollywood reporter hails kiss the future moving and inspirational kiss the future viva Sarajevo kiss the future new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus go to Paramount Plus to try it free terms apply